Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to Bad Wins and Good Losses. I am here with two, uh, two very, very, very funny but amazing gentlemen, um, Rodney and young, and young D2, a.k.a. Derek. Um, Rodney, you want to say anything to anybody? Um, not particularly. I mean, I, I, it's my first time on this podcast. Uh, it's been long overdue, so, you know, I'm ready to just, you know, get into it, take some bong rips in between while y'all are talking. You know, and just and do my thing. Derek, you got anything you want to say? Uh, no, nah, just happy to be here. Uh, yeah, check me out on Twitter. Check out the one-on-one podcast, which has featured Rodney and John. Uh, Rodney, uh, pretty consistent uh, co-host, basically. Uh, and John will be on there more. Uh, he's already been on there, too. But, yeah, happy to be here. Let's get this up. Let's get this started. Let's all right, so this episode is, so what, what's next? And we're going to be encompassing all of the teams that, you know, were in the playoffs or, you know, barely missed the playoffs or teams that should have actually been in the playoffs, i.e. the Lakers. Um, and we're going to basically chronicle exactly what do they do going into the offseason. Like, are we blowing it up? Are we adding pieces? Do we think a team is hopeless? You know, we're, and we're just going to, you know, and we have a Sixer fan. Of course, you all know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lover of the Sixers. And then um, we have a Spurs fan in Rodney and a Laker fan in Derek. So we're gonna go ahead and right into it. Um, and I guess you know since this since this since this is my pod, I guess we'll start off by going on by going with the Sixers. Um, and I mean, give James Harden the max, and let's let's get this let's get this party started, baby. Absolutely not, absolutely not. I'm actually sick that we're about to give him 46 million this year, but. You know, I, I, there's nothing really you can do about that. Ben was never going to play in Philly again. So, we, of course, we had to get something. We had to get something out of it. Um, but I'm happy to say that, you know, if this wasn't a win for the Sixers, at least it was a lose-lose, it looks like, for both teams. Because uh, Ben still seems to actually be hurt, which I was actually a little shocked by. I thought he was going to join the the Nets and almost immediately play. But I'm going to be quite honest. I'm not sure if we'll ever see Ben Simmons play another NBA game. I'm, I'm, that's where I'm at. I mean, that's uh, that's a very – I feel like that's kind of hot. I actually listened to Gilbert Arenas talk about this, and I surprisingly – I don't know how true it was, but it seemed legit to me when he was saying, like, if Ben Simmons is claiming – he got $20 million taken away from the Sixers, by the Sixers, basically, and he's claiming, like, mental health, he doesn't want to play, and he's injured. So if he goes to the Nets in this season and he plays basketball – because he's trying to get his money back from the Sixers, it's going to look like, oh, bro, you were faking this the whole time. The Sixers get to keep that 20 mil. So he kind of had to sit out and continue. Oh, no, I mean, it makes sense. The reason that I say I say that is because he had his back surgery. And if you read the initial reports that Wojendam made, the wording said that it's in doubt when he'll be back, meaning that there, the door is open that he might not be there for the start of the regular season next year. So it just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. Like a back thing is a thing. Mental health is a thing. Like I'm just, I'm just starting to think that he's just gonna like he's got like three years left at a max, and then he'll be like 27, and then he just might not play again. I, that's that's what until I see him play, I'm just assuming he's not gonna play. I mean, and the thing uh, is, I, I think that's, I think that's a little drastic. I don't know how serious his injury is, but I think to say he'll never play a basketball game again, I think it's a little drastic. He's done nothing for me to think he would. I, I mean, anyway, I'm gonna, we'll go back to the Sixers, please. I'm gonna say this, and this will be the last thing I say about the Nets for now. But it has, like, you know, back injuries are always kind of shaky. Like, they're the same thing as, like, 
As, as no, back people. injuries are probably the worst injury in period. Like I would say, maybe even worse than your back, like your spine, like that shit is not yeah. something to play with. And, and my thing outside of maybe your neck, like literally your neck, but like, like, but I think like literally, like I think his back is actually hurt, which I think is like a really bad thing because I think it's like one, he's he's young as hell, bro. How did he hurt his back? What was he doing? He hasn't been playing. What did that, he do? That would be my question. It's how he, how did he hurt it? What, what yeah. was he doing to hurt his back? Like, well, he was with C. Brickley doing and shooting I, jumpers. I tell you, man, <laughs> that bench, man, that that pine, it'll do that, something that, to your back. And, that, and that's what's throwing me <laughs> off is if you're gonna tell me you're hurt, bro, hurt doing what? Like you weren't practicing with the team. You weren't. Right. You weren't doing anything. You were at home. Bro, so I, just, I just, I literally, I legitimately just think that he does not like playing basketball. I don't think he enjoys it at all. I just think he does it because, I don't, like, he I don't can. Think he enjoys the pressure. I think he does like playing basketball because even in the first two years with the Sixers, when it, when he didn't – like, that first year when him and B didn't have that much pressure and it was just like, all right, make the playoffs. And he played really well that whole season. Like, he was even shooting mid-range jumpers and everything. So he didn't have any pressure. But I think once the pressure started mounting and it was like, all right, bro, you're a number one pick. Like, you can't – just be like shooting mid-range jumpers every now and then and then not be able to shoot or at all or like shrink in moments. Like I think that's what's killing him is like the pressure of it. But that's a very good point. But like I said, we'll circle back to the Nets. But as for the Sixers, um, I've heard different reports. I've heard people say like – like somebody actually asked me a really interesting question the other day, and I really didn't know how to respond. They were like, you know, what if somehow, some way, the Wizards came and they were like, hey – we want Tyrese Maxey and two first-round picks and we'll give you Bradley Beal. Like, would you do that? No. I'm about to say, me personally, I wouldn't want to do that because it's going to leave us in cap hell and then we're right back, like, in the same spot we were with the Jimmy Butler trade. What has Bradley Beal done in the playoffs that people, like, I get it, he's a star, it's DC, everybody leaves here, but, like, we got to have some truth serum about Bradley Beal in big moments, man. That's all I'm going to say. Well, the Wizards had that one run where him and John Wall were both playing amazing. You talking about the year they lost to the Celtics? Yeah. Yeah, and Bradley Bill airballed two floaters, or at least one floater in game <laughs> one and to go in overtime. I'm like, I'm just saying, like, Bradley Bill's cool. Like, obviously, like, joke's on me. I'm a Laker fan. Like, would you rather have Bradley Bill or Russell Westbrook? Of course I'd rather have Bradley Bill. I'm not saying he's a scrub or he's definitely a number two. Probably, if he's your third best player, you're doing amazing. So maybe that's where you're at with Philadelphia. But, like, Bradley Bill, James Harden, and Doc Rivers. Three yeah, guys that right ain't really there. produced in the playoffs. Yeah, you know I, hate, I like, hate that thought. I hate the thought. And, and then, then, like, Bradley Bill, I mean, granted, he's in Washington once again. So, like, maybe it's the desire not to play all these games. But he's not exactly the beacon of health. He's not, like, super injury prone. But he'll miss a couple games. We know James Harden is going to miss some games. We know Embiid is not Mr. You know, all Madden. So, like, it's just, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm not telling you I wouldn't take Bradley Bill, like, you know, or he's not better than Tyrese Maxey right now, straight up or anything. I just think, like, the rush to get Bradley Bill on a team and we're like, yeah, that's going to get us over the hump. Like, I think if you put Bradley Bill on the Nuggets, I'd be like, yeah, this this fits. Like, I see it. Bradley Bill on the Sixers, like, you know. My thing just all comes down to I don't want to ever – I don't, I don't want to look at our caps, our cap books, and see – Bradley Bill, James Harden, and B and Tobias Harris. Like I, I just that that would actually scream and, and make me cry. 
Like that would make me. That would be. Yeah, would, like I just, I just think the Sixers' biggest problem to me is James Harden. I think, and I was talking about this to somebody once after, ironically, you know, in one of my football league, my football games, and he was like, "You gonna pay James Harden the max?" And I was like, "Hell no!" Like I get it, as Philadelphia, you cannot sign James Harden, or excuse me, trade for James Harden, and let him walk. So you have to sign, bring him back. And it's not that I don't want James Harden in a bubble on my team, but I can't give him the max after what he did. In the playoffs, what he did the last couple seasons. Granted, he's hurt. He's getting older. He's not LeBron James. He's, you know, like I don't want to, I don't want to speculate on what James Harden is not taking care of his body because I'm not around James Harden. But I think the word's kind of out that James Harden ain't Mister like, you know, like he's not Mister Reliable. He's not. Yeah, he, he's not LeBron James stepping into a hyperbolic chamber after a game, and you know, like he you know he's hanging out, and that's cool. To live your life, but like. I'm never advocating for somebody not to get their money. I'm just saying, I don't know if I give him the max solely because if he was doing all this, he was 25, you know, like, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Hey, let's roll this dice, you know, but he's in his early thirties, bro. Like if father time is undefeated on everybody and I can't, I can't give you that mass contract, especially when you're not the beacon of health once again, and B's not the beacon of health. And then I have Tyree, I mean, not Tyrese, um, uh, uh, Tobias Harris. Yes, Tobias Harris. Excuse me. And who, for you know, I was I've been trying to trade Tobias Harris for a bag of chips for like a year and a half now. But like, was fine. Like he's like all joke aside, he's fine. But like, you're paying him a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? That's a it's a lot of people. You're paying a lot of money that, and nobody I'm sure can get me over the hump except for Embiid. And we already know like he's going to need help. And you know we 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 have to monitor his health. So like. That's just my thing with the Sixers. I don't know what they do from here. I'd be trying to get rid of Tobias Harris, period. I'd be trying to bring in more shooting and more depth off the bench. But I I know those are general, like, statements. So, go ahead. Sorry. I feel like the only reason it's hard to move Tobias Harris is because of that large contract. Because when Oh, facts. I'm not saying you can. And I'm not even mad at what Tobias Harris did this year. You know, Tobias Harris was solid that he's getting paid, whatever the hell he's getting paid. And, you know, it's like, if Tobias Harris was on a vet minimum, we'd be like, this is a great, like, bring him back. Like, he's well, great. It's not even that. I think, so this is my thing. So I think Tobias Harris, he might not be worth the max like he's getting, but he's not that far off. And the reason I say that is him and Embiid just don't fit. Like, when Embiid is there with him, he plays terribly. Like, it's like, I feel like him and Embiid take up a lot of the same spaces on the floor. And that'd be his main issue. Is that like he'd be out there and he'll like be like, okay, I'm, I think I'm gonna try and like be around attacking the basket. But when Embiid is there now, the way they run their offense, it's like, all right, well, I have to have a perimeter oriented game. Like I cannot be around the basket all the time because Embiid. Well, I mean, that, that sounds like you need to get rid of Tobias Harris to me because you're not getting rid of Embiid unless yeah. you are getting rid of Embiid. But, but that's the other thing I wanted to ask y'all. Do you, when you look at the Sixers roster and realistically, I mean, I'm saying I don't, I, the Sixers have came out and, try, and tried to say, like, without saying it verbatim, they're going to stand pat and not give James Harden the max. Like, they're like, yeah, we can't give him the max right now. Not after what he just did. And he's on the other side of 30. So that would be insane to give him – to try and give him that type of money. All factual statements. But at this point, looking at this Sixers roster, and this is what somebody else asked me, and I was like, hell no. But they were asking, do you just blow it up? Like, Embiid included. Like, do you trade away Embiid and just bank on the future and try to look again, like, towards the future and, like, try to build towards there? Before I'll let, it's 30? I, 
I have some opinions, but I'll let Rodney go first because I kind of dominate the last segment. So, oh, on whether to blow it up, I mean, I don't blow it. I mean, I, you can't you can't blow it up. I do think that Embiid probably has less time as like an MVP caliber player than I think a lot of us would assume or realize. So, I mean, I, I there may be some merit in just like selling high. I guess it would ultimately depend on what you're getting back. I mean, if you're selling that high on Embiid, uh, you know, and I mean, I guess you're keeping Maxi, but Harden to, and Harris, like maybe what you get back isn't a total like rebuild situation. I mean, I have no idea what you, what you would get. You probably have to trade those people in different trades. Uh, the money would be too much to put them all in one, at least on a one team, you know, it'd have to be a three team, four team trade or something like that. But uh, I mean, I, I would, I would just have to say, I would say no for now, but I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe you just like sniff around and see what, see what you can get. I don't, I don't know what you could, I think the real question is what you would have, what would you have to get for Joel and Bede for you to consider that? I think that's the real question. Um, you, John, you want me to go? Or? You can go ahead. I, Joel and Bede, I just looked up his age. He's 28 years old. Um, I think his birthday is in August. Sorry, let me look this up real quick one more time. I just want to see exactly how old he'll be. Like, I mean, this. he's approaching thirty rapidly. Yeah, and yeah, he's already he's, injury prone. Oh, he's thirty years old. His birthday's in March. Okay, cool. Um, I agree with Rodney. I I think I think this is a twofold answer. That's uh, like I think my initial reaction is no. You don't trade Joel Embiid. Simply because it took you how long did it take the Sixers to get this generational talent or this really great talent? I don't know if you would call them generational, but like really great talent. Um, you yeah, have I a rap. I think he's generational. Okay, you have a rabbit fan base that is not going to take that endured a lot of losing. That it's not going to take well to more losing. Um, you, it's no guarantee you're going to get another player as back as good as. Ben, I mean, excuse me, Joel Embiid. If you trade him or sell high or how long it's going to take. And I don't really trust the brain trust there to make the right decisions anyway. Like Elton Brand has not shown me that he's this marksman of a, like if Hanky was still there and he was like, hey, we're going to take this away until we get the next prospect. Then maybe, but that goes back to a lot of losing. Um, so I would say no, but I do think sneakily, like if you want to play like I'm light years ahead of the league, like Golden State, like it is some merit there in the sense that like, Rodney's probably right. Like, Joel Embiid is – he plays a lot of hard minutes. He's not – I keep saying this. He's not Mr. Healthy. And he's probably – this could this could be Joel Embiid's best season. Like, what we just watched. Yeah. Like, it, like, if this is not his best season, this upcoming season could be his best season. After that, if you tell me he goes downhill, like, I couldn't argue with you. And going downhill from – Finishing second in MVP and maybe next year winning MVP is like finishing third in MVP the following year, then fifth, and then like not. So like there's still some downslide or he could just drop quick, quicker. So like if you want to sell high, you have to get something back. But like you really have to have a plan. I don't think you could just blow this up after it took you this long. Like that's like the process to end that way is just very like. That's an ESPN 30 for 30 waiting to happen. I mean, my thing about it is I always, and I mean, this, the only thing that but, I but, but I will say, sorry, just, I will say just my last thing, like, I do think, like Rodney said, like, 
if this is if you think this or next year is his best season, he's not healthy. They have access to his medicals. Like there is some like I'm smarter than you. Like we can do this. You just have to hit on the trade, and you're gonna have to endure a lot of like backlash from the fan base. A lot of people aren't gonna take role of that. There're gonna be some people that are gonna look at it and be like, okay, like they're playing the super long game here, but like. If that doesn't result in a championship or you're not back here, then a lot of people are going to be like, well, what the hell did we trade Embiid for? Especially if he goes somewhere else and has five more good seasons, right? So, I mean... I mean, realistically, if he goes somewhere else and wins the championship, it's not going to matter whether or not we win one 10 or 15 years from now. People are still... Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no. If you yeah, if he goes somewhere else and wins the championship immediately, let's just say that happens within the next four years. If you guys win a championship in 15 years, that's not going to be tied back to the Joel and B trade. I know people like yeah, to do like that. People, people yeah, are, people like, like, like to do like, Yeah, people oh. like to do that. Like, oh, well, they got this pick for Kobe Bryant in 96, and that oh, turned yeah. into Steve Nash that they traded for. So and so it's like, all right, bro, like, you're talking about championship from a draft pick that they took in 96. Like, that's a lot of lines you're drawing here. It would have to be a direct p- parallel. Like, we traded Joel and B for the 2020 seven first round pick and then we got him and turned him into he became a star or whatever or you would have to win a championship in the next five years like yeah. to like balance it out but and, i mean i guess i guess the way i'm looking at it is i don't i wouldn't trade him because like i look at i always look back and i think about you know patrick ewing finally got to the nba finals in 99 he didn't play though no nah, he didn't but i mean what i'm saying is though like it, he didn't get there immediately like he didn't get there the years where if well he, he actually got there in 94 yeah, but I mean, I don't really count that year. Like, he didn't like look at the help he had. Like, he didn't have anything. He basically just willed them there. Which in '94? Yeah, for the most part, who, who was there in '94? John Starks. I mean, that was that was the pinnacle '90s Knicks team. Like, and everybody. Yeah, loved, but uh, yeah, but John Starks. I mean, when we really look back at it and think, like, you know, do you really who think- was there in '99? Latrell Sprewell and LJ. Yeah. Old LJ and Latrell Sprewell. Yeah, but they like, they were look at look at I would take them over John Starks. Yeah. Prime John Starks, uh Mason, uh 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 Oakley. I think Oakley was on that team. I think for that era, I get what you're saying. The 99 team probably had bigger names, but I think for that era, the 94 Knicks team was fine. I think the only downfall you would have on that team was that like Jordan obviously wasn't there. That's like he he didn't play against Jordan, so everybody's gonna put that. And then he lost anyway. So like, that's but go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, Sorry, I mean question. you're fine. I mean that's that's my only thing about it is like I I wouldn't trade him personally because I mean I, the way I feel about it is if we trade him, I mean I feel like we we did a terrible job with like our draft picks and like our drafting capital after NB because like I mean like you the way people are gonna look at it is you whiffed on Markel Fultz, you whiffed on Ben Simmons essentially, but. Markel Fultz is a freak accident, quote unquote, even though I really think he was in a motorcycle accident and just didn't want to tell anybody, which if that's going to avoid your contract, I'm not mad at you. We didn't really whiff on Ben either because, I mean, Ben was Ben was actually really good up until, you know, we basically broke his spirit. So I don't I wouldn't say either one of those were really a whiff, but like the Zaire Smith trade to, to get him and give away Mikael Bridges, like never agreed with that. Um, you know, we hit on Tyrese Maxey. I guess you could say we're hitting on Thibault, but the book is still out on him. And then like we trade. Thibault's ass. I don't think Thibault's ass. I think Thibault's ass. Stop. It. Thibault, he stop. can't do any. Like, name one thing he does with a basketball. He can't do anything. You, a, you, 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 yeah, exactly. He plays one side of the ball. 
He, yeah, he, he might as well be he's like defensive. He's like defensive Duncan Robinson. You can't play him. He can't play both sides of the ball. You go out there, you're playing four and five. You can't win a playoff game that way. He's Boy, but he's ass. a three and B. He's a three and B player. What, three like what? Three what? What <laughs> three? He shoots a pretty. He shoots, he shoots pretty well from three. <laughs> what? Stop him, like, he's what? Terrible. Oh uh, my! What? I don't know if Tybu was a 3D player. Right? I think he's you want him D to be player. a 3D player. He's a D yeah. player. That's it. He, there's no three. He's was Tony Allen? Player. Was Tony Allen ever defensive player of the year? Nah, but that, I think that's a travesty. So I think that's well, but also that's. I mean, I'm era. saying okay, yes, but I'm saying that's looking at it right now. That's what Tybu is projecting wishes, to be at best. He could be as good as Tony Allen. At best, that's what you're projecting that would be if he doesn't get to three, which goes back to Roddy's point. I don't know if this era, if you could just be that one-sided unless you're going to be fucking Yo. Dennis Rodman. Yeah, in this era, <laughs> we're in the space. I'm just, know, like, I'm just being honest. Like, if you're going to be that one-sided. You can't be a I, guard. Yeah, I think Thibault. I like Thibault. I, I appreciate people that play defense. But if you're going to be that one-sided, I'm going to need you to hold the best. I'm going to need you to hold the best players, especially in the perimeter, like Rodney said. You're going to have to hold the best uh, teams for a player to like ten points. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like and that's what I, you. And if you're that good on defense, I don't give a fuck what you do on offense. <laughs> like, if if I say, I mean, hey, yeah, but guard, that's that's literally impossible. Just like with how the, good well, that's guys are. So, yeah, this era, that's my point. Happen. Yeah, that's yeah, my point like, though. That's bro. what I'm saying. So you need him to at least like, especially on a team where the best where the best player is Joel Embiid, and you want no shooting ass Thibel. They were playing Thibel with Ben Simmons. And Joel and beat on the court together. Man, that was that was tough to watch. That was that was nasty. That's just like, bro, he's awful. Like, don't get me wrong, he's good on defense, but that's just one half of the game. Like, he doesn't even play enough minutes to qualify for like defensive player of the year. Because if he played enough minutes, he he's good enough on defense to be considered. If Marcus Smart is getting votes, if Marcus Smart's winning, but he he he's not good enough to to play to even get considered. That's He's crazy. not good enough on the other end of the court. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like his, oh, his, yeah. offensive, his offensive game is like, bro. bro they, man, they I would not. I would not put Danny Green in over him. And Danny I would not, Green's ass. I would not give. I would not. Oh, give the, up former, the former, the former, the former San Antonio Spur, great Danny Green. He's ass in twenty twenty two. He's ass. He's a great four year old man with a mohawk. He's ass. <laughs> I would not. I would not give up on uh, on Thibault just yet. But I do echo Rodney's sentiments. I'm. I'm not gonna go as far because I like the kid. I want to see. Bro, him send him. Send, send, he needs to go play for PSG or something. Send him out of here. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go, give on that. Relax. Far. Relax. Yeah, yeah, you're you're virgin on Frank Nicolakina territory now. Like, I, at least Frank Nicolakina was getting on the rotation, but like, they're probably the same caliber player. No, no, no. Come on, no. Actually, no, no. if I'm gonna be completely honest, Nicolakina is better on defense than Thibault is. Like, if we're gonna be completely honest, bro, they're not that far off. They're pretty similar players. No, no, no. I mean, Nicolakina is better on defense than Thibault is. Like, it's it's not even a contest. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know about Thibault, that one. But so okay. I'll say this: Thibault plays I, I, a lot I, of passing lanes. He plays a I'll, lot of passing lane. That's fine. As a I, I don't ball, know. As a on-ball defender, he's hit or miss because he gambles on passing lanes and stuff too much. He doesn't. That's, that's fair. You you watch more Sixers game, and I can't tell you that I've watched and, like and forty. I can't tell you I've watched eighty-two Mavericks games to believe that. I just know when I see Frank Nukina coming on the floor, it's usually to give somebody two minutes of, of breathing time. Uh, and that's that's not my fault that Hung and Thibault plays too much. I mean, it's either him or Danny Green. Like I don't. 
At least Nikhil Kino can make it a three a little bit more than fucking Thibault, but I don't know. I'm I, tired I, I of don't know about, about that. One, but okay. I mean, just look at the numbers. I mean, okay. I think Thibault actually shoots better than Nikhil Kino. Yeah, I, I, I watched Thibault. Not I watched Thibault. I mean, the, how many threes are percentage. how many threes are they taking per game? Because if Thibault's taking, they taking if they're both taking, that's yeah. See, that's too that's too little of a of a sample size. Yeah, because they both suck. That's fine, but I'm not. I'm not prepared to say that Nikki Lukina shoots better if he we're taking two. I mean, two and I mean they it, both like suck. that. It that's all matter. I'm saying. They're and both, I just I players. just watched Frank Nikolina just like miss ten straight shots in a row in the in Western Conference okay. Finals. I don't. So, like, I don't need to talk about these two scrubs anymore. Please, let's move on. All right. All right. So in the next segment, we're gonna talk about. I mean, I guess we should. Should we talk about the Lakers, the 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 boys in Hollywood? Wait. Did we figure out what we're doing with Embiid? We're not trading them, right? No, we're not. We're not trading them. No, I think you secretly make a, a untraceable phone call with like no caller ID to a couple of GMs and see what they would ask. I'll give you for them. You know, but but at the end of the day, you know that, that you do that and you see, you know, whether or not like there's any traction. And if no, if nobody's giving you something insane, then you just you, you'd be like, yeah, Embiid. Like we're, we're, we would never trade you, man. Like why would you who would that? who would hypothetically would you trade them for? Just just if the world like. Outside of like Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, I don't know, LeBron James, just would you trade him for Anthony Edwards in something? Who or Anthony that's, Edwards? There's no, there's no straight up player that I'm trading him for at this point. Like that's, I think that's uh, okay. That's fine. If you're telling me if I'm getting Anthony Edwards and some pieces for Joel Embiid, yeah, definitely. I would at least have to think about it. I would at least, yeah, I, I would for sure do that. Okay. I can't say I would for sure do it, but I would at least have. To I would. Like if you, if, I mean, it would you trade him for Luca? Straight up for Luca, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's uh, for sure. I want to okay. say yeah, but I still don't think I would because then I would still be in the same position. I'm asking one player to do everything, and him and James Harden are not going to fit. Like they're well, not at okay. all. I'm, I'm talking James, about. Yeah, I'm talking James about this world. Yeah, I was talking about in this world. Like you're not because obviously they wouldn't trade Andy Edwards for Embiid uh, uh, because Cat is there. I'm just I was just okay, throwing out names. Difference, but I, I, I get that at the same time. Um, but go ahead, go ahead. We were talking about the Lakers now, sorry. But yeah, no. Nah, so we can move on to the Lakers. Um, side note, this meeting is going to end in eight minutes, so I'm going to probably send you all a – I'm going to stop it at a minute, and then I'm going to basically leave the meeting and send you all a link. No problem. I'm used to this. <laughs> but we can move on to the Laker, to the Lake show now. You know, the boys in Hollywood, you know. LeBron, yes, Anthony Davis, and then the new the new coach, the new addition, Derek. How you feeling about it? Um, I said this on, on my show last night. Uh, I no coach matters for LeBron except for Spoke <laughs> and Ty Lu. I mean, that's no knock to to uh, Darwin Ham. I can't sit here and tell you I've been watching. I watch coach footage or like I, I don't know what the hell Darwin Ham does. Like no, that's just it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't. Like I'm, I can't tell you that. So like, I hope he's a good coach. Obviously, he's a bad coach. You want that? He's a coach of the Lakers. Obviously, you want that. Uh, you gotta hope that he has LeBron has some respect for him. Um, I don't think I say no coach matters except for Ty Lue and uh, Spo. I don't think like Mike Brown still getting jobs. I don't think he's like the worst coach in the world or whatever. I don't think uh, Frank Vogel was like the worst coach that everybody made him out to believe. I think he had a bad roster and I, he probably knew the writing was on the wall. Still won a championship. Um, you know, still Frank Vogel still is validated in my mind for what he did in, in uh, Indiana. And uh, even 
with the Magic to a certain degree. Like, that was a very bad team, but he got them, you know, doing something. Um, but, I mean, like, with coaches, it's like you're coaching the Lakers, you're coaching LeBron, so and he's older. So this comes with this, the Lakers, this pressure, and then LeBron, like, he doesn't have time to a rookie coach to learn his footing. So you obviously want – you want to win now, but like people have to remember, like this is still a rookie coach. So like I don't know what to expect, but I just hope he gets the fair shot. But like if he stumbles out the gate slow, like the Lakers is a high pref- profile job in the fact that it's the Lakers, and then you turn around, you're coaching forty year old LeBron James. Like he don't got time to be losing, even though he's already losing. So I mean, so I guess we can all agree, the Lakers are definitely going to stay in town. Like they're going to try to, I guess, add some pieces, but they're not blowing. No, they can't blow it up. Where are you going to trade Russell Westbrook to, bro? Like, I'm pretty sure they're doing the untraceable calls behind. They might, they might be traceable. They might be straight up traceable. But like, who's taking that contract? I know people say this all the time. Like, who's taking that contract? And somebody takes the contract. But like, don't unless you're willing to give Russell Westbrook away for just nothing. Like, I don't know. You know, like what I mean, team I, needs what team needs to sell like tickets. I always say I think they I think they would give Russell Westbrook away for nothing, but yeah, but okay. So what team needs to sell tickets that bad? That's basically oh, no yeah, offense no, to Russ. What it comes down to, like, like do the Pistons need to sell tickets that bad? Like, I mean, maybe, but you know, I don't know. And then yeah, I don't know what you could do. I mean, you got to run it back. You have to hope that like you got to hope that they have some chemistry and they learn that like. Hey, maybe these guys don't need to like it looks good on paper, but you need to stagger their minutes. Like they don't need to be playing that many minutes all together all at the same time, especially if Russell Westbrook's not gonna have the ball and his whole career he's had the ball and now one year he asks them to not have the ball. You need to get younger because like all these old dudes running around the court, like not not good. Shout out to Melo, like was probably one of my favorite Lakers last year. I don't need that. <laughs> like, respectfully, I don't need that again. Just off the fact that, like, I need some youth, some athleticism, some people that's going to, like, die for loose balls, be out there for games. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I don't – you obviously have to get shooting, but I've been screaming that to the heavens for the last five years. So, Derek, we both have. Like, yeah, so. You've been screaming for the Lakers to get shooting. I've been begging for Philly to get shooting. And it, and if, if it ain't happening, I don't think it's going to happen. It kind of worked, obviously, the year when they had the championship because, like, they were good on defense and they had enough. But, like, we're not even good on defense because we don't got nobody that plays defense because, you know, like, you just, you know, it's just, it's just nasty. So, I don't know what the end-all fix is, but, I mean, it is what it is. You need a point guard. <laughs> I mean, you just, you just look at the rosters. Like, you need a lot of stuff. And then you, you never know what you're going to get from Anthony Davis. Like, so – it's beautiful. I'm gonna tell you, like I told Derek yesterday, I'm gonna be pulling up to Bank Lakers, taking out my withdrawals. It's gonna be a beautiful time. I don't think it'll be Bank Lakers. I don't. I don't foresee that unless they do some big trade. I don't think that. Like I don't see a world. What do you mean some Vegas, big trade? Like unless they, I don't know. Unless something happens that something big happens, I don't see a world where people think the Lakers are gonna be that much better than they are. Oh, actually. I don't know what world you're living in, buddy. As soon as, as soon as we get that LeBron's healthy, Anthony Davis is healthy, don't let the Lakers start three and zero. Oh, you forget it. It's, it's Anthony Davis a, healthy? Like, yeah, okay, I haven't seen that that notification again. In two years. And, and every year, people, it's a new year. It's crazy. A hope, hope's a beautiful thing. It's like it's a crazy thing. It's a new year. It's a fresh slate. 
I will. Know, all, right, you I will need, back. all you need is two pictures of Anthony Davis. Whoa, Anthony Davis looking slimmer. Whoa, he, he lost some weight. Wow. <laughs> I wow. will say. I will say if Anthony Davis is healthy and if LeBron is relatively healthy, they they should be a playoff team. See, ideally. see, see. No, they should. See, no, wait, pause. See, they were a, pause. They were a they playoff were team. They were a playoff team last year. They were the sixth huh? seed. They were until LeBron like went out for that two week stretch and Anthony Davis just never came back. But they were there, bro. They were they people. The problem was people thought they were going to be a top like three seed. You know, it was like, oh, Lakers are cheating around the play in, and then they just the bottom fell out. Thirty three million team last year. The Spurs made an attempt seed at thirty four games. Like it's not impossible. You tell me that if Anthony Davis plays ten more games, they win two more games in the play in. What I think is going to happen is, and Rodney's probably the right. Play, people, the play-in is a playoff team now. I'm just saying you would have a chance to make the playoffs, and oh, <laughs> like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, I mean, look, I love it. I love the positivity. I, I need to hear. It's not. It's not positive. It's not. No, it's, spin it's it not. Forward, positivity. Spin it forward. Spin it. Spin it. I need to it's play not, devil's advocate. Wait, I need to see both sides. It's about a game difference. So you're telling me like it's impossible that if Anthony Davis played no, a couple possible. more games, it's possible. Definitely. All right, that's what I'm saying. I'm, Oh yeah, I don't, no, the Lakers. See, the Lakers are. I don't see how. Year. I didn't. Did I say that? Is a thirty? I didn't say it either. Good? I'm saying it. I'm saying it. All right. So, so I'm speaking think, it into I think, existence. I think. I think. I think the disconnect here is Rodney's not counting the playing as a playoff team, and the issue. I'm not counting that. E- I'm not counting that either. What I'm saying is they're not like to be to tell me that they won thirty three games and their two best players missed a lot of the season and they were one game away from the playing and. and you know, it's not like this. And they get in the plane and they play Minnesota. Like, it's not this wild conspiracy to think the next season they can make the playoffs. What I'm saying is, and especially when they were a sixth seed for a majority of the season until after the All-Star break, what I'm saying is I don't see how this is going to turn into bank Lakers because if you're smart and you look at this, you're saying at best they're a play-in team. Maybe, maybe you mean that they, word? they get – no, probably at best, as the roster is constructed, they're a play-in team. Maybe they get up to eight, which is still not a playoff, a locked-in playoff seat as it is right now. So, like, who's betting on them every night to go in and be like, yeah, the Lakers oh, are lots of win people. tonight? Lots of people. Let me, let me, let me introduce you to some okay. people. So that's plenty of people. <laughs> that, that's fine. But then that's where my disconnect is because I'm not saying that they're, like, I'm looking at it and saying, okay, the Lakers make the play-in next year, and they sneak into the playoffs. Fine, as presently constructed, if everybody stays healthy, right? Cool. But, like, I'm not but, looking but at a 36 win. That's, that's not how these things work. It's a, it's right, a game fine. by game basis. If, I'm, if the Lakers are playing the Sacramento Kings next year, no matter where you think the Lakers are in terms of a play-in or a playoff team or even not making it a playoff. People are going to pick them to beat year, the Kings. People are going pick to the, pick the Lakers to beat the Kings, and that's not always the case. It wasn't the case a lot last year. So that's the type of things that I'm looking forward to. When I say okay. people are optimistic about the Lakers. Last year, the Lakers, I, you should not have ever bet the Lakers against the Kings. But usually and typically, people just assume that's the case because of the Lakers. That's all I'm saying. Okay. That's fine. So again, you guys play OKC. You know, people lost thousands of dollars thinking the Lakers were a lock to beat OKC, cover the spread. No, OKC was was punishing us last year, and it was very nasty. But people were still playing the Lakers, and and I'm and I'm and was looking forward to that. But here's my thing. Okay, so here's my thing of why I said it doesn't make sense to me because if you look at the roster, it's going to be the exact same roster for the Lakers. 
maybe Anthony Davis is healthy a little bit more. So what's going to improve here? Why would you like I maybe just on the outside looking in, haven't seen a basketball game yet. If you tell me Anthony Davis and LeBron James are playing 75% of the basketball games, I would tell you, okay, they should ideally beat the Thunder. I would say that without seeing a basketball game right now. However, you tell me they're gonna be who's a middle, you tell me they're gonna they're for sure locked to beat the Timberwolves. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, uh, I don't know. But I think what Rodney is saying, I'm not making that bet. I think what Rodney is saying is you might be in the realm of realistic Laker fan. Most majority of them are not. But I don't even think people who are betting on Lakers are even Laker fans. I think what Rodney is betting on is just people who are just like, I know basketball. Oh, Lakers, big name. Let me bet them to beat little ass uh, Portland. And, and that's why he's saying it's still going to be bank Lakers. Yeah, that's the same name. They did last year. They'll do it this year. They'll do it the following year. Don't worry. Okay, but going back to the going back to the point at hand, Derek, you're saying the Lakers are basically going to stand pat. Rodney, do you, do you think there's going to be any difference? Like, do you think they're going to somehow find a way to make a midnight trade? Like, that's going to shake up the roster at all, really? Or do you think they're just going to stand pat, bring everybody back? I mean, they'll they'll bring some people back from the minimums. Like, they'll have a mid level exception, and I'm sure they'll they'll do some things. But I mean, in terms of Will LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook on the, be on the team? Yeah, for sure. And then from there, they'll just they'll try to mold it a little different. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll try to get. I mean, they'll have to. I don't think they're going to bring back Trevor Ariza. I don't think they're going to bring back. And probably may not be Mike Mello. Like may not bring back Dwight Howard. Like there's some older guys. I think they'll try and try to. Trevor Ariza. I mean, I, I heard about he was him even on year. the team. You're gonna hear. You're gonna. Kendrick Nunn might actually play. That'll be fun. Stanley I do, Johnson. I do think. I do think. I will say that if there is a trade, that the Lakers are trying very, very, very hard to manufacture Taylor Horton Tucker's trade value, and it's very obvious. Why? Why is there a report coming out that says the Lakers view that Taylor Horton Tucker is untouchable? Like, give me a fucking break. Like, they if there's a trade to be made. He's a decent salary. He's making about 12, 13 million. You know, you could add in another person, get up to like 20. You could, you know, for a, you know, solid veteran. That's the person that I'm looking at who I think would get traded if there was a trade. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did get traded. Can I ask? I know this is off topic. Why does the LeBron stamp usually like, like deem people untouchable in a team and then they end up like not, like just, like just not, just being average? Like for, we had Seti Osman. Now great have, basketball, great basketball players make bad talent evaluators. We've seen this over and over again. Right? I just I, no, but the LeBron stamp seems to be like insane. Like Tristan Thompson got the stamp, Seti got the stamp. Now Taylor Horton Tucker's got the stamp. Like I just, I, I don't get it, personally. But um, but maybe what year? What year was? Horton Tucker drafted. I think he had a little bit of buzz the year before LeBron because his G League tape was uh, pretty, pretty nice. And I, obviously, I know it's G League, but I'm just saying. Um, but yeah. But with all that being said, it sounds like everybody's saying the Lakers are going to stand pat. And I absolutely agree. I don't. What trade do you think they can make? Just hypothetically, like what? What do you? What do you do? I think the I think the best trade that they had on the market was Russell Westbrook in the first. For Gordon Hayward and it was somebody else from the Hornets. Oh, Gordon, who the hell made that? I I, yeah, I never saw that trade. Well, so I saw the trade a couple times. 
and it was a couple different ways, but basically Gordon Hayward was This is a confirmed this is a confirmed like this is not like yeah, somebody this was, this was a confirmed rumor in the beginning uh, of like as soon as the Lakers and the Hornets, like as soon as both of their seasons were over, that was the trade that was floating around. You know what? Actually, I think I do remember that because I remember somebody saying, then, why the hell would you trade Russell Westbrook to take the ball out of the medal's hands? But, no, the way they were looking at it is, the, I mean, when you really think about it, and I guess this can be a segue into the Hornets, the Hornets are not going to be a championship team next year. They're not. Even if, even if all things go well for them in the offseason and they somehow land DeAndre Aiden from the Suns in a signing trade, or they just yeah, basically in a signing trade, they're not going to be a championship team next year. All right. Like, even if they make a Memphis like jump to like somehow get like the top four of the East, they're not going to be a championship team next year. So you get Russell Westbrook for one year, you sign tickets, you get ticket sales, and then that's a big contract coming off your books. So you have money and you don't have to pay Gordon Hayward for his next last year. That's very, this is very nasty. So I think that's the way a lot of people were looking at it was okay, well, they're not going to be a championship team next year. Might as well go ahead and get that. Gordon Hayward contract off the books because that's equally nasty. Like, that's equally nasty, basically. He didn't even play, I think, half the year this year. And then you go, you look towards 2024 when you're going to have all like a lot more money to spend. And you're like, all right, well, now that we have some money to spend and some money to burn, what's a good player we can sign that's going to compliment LaBella? What's the what's uh, Gordon Hayward's contract? How many more years do you have in the books? I think two or three. Let me look at that. Uh-huh. I, I mean, as much as I want to get rid of Russell Westbrook right now, I, I don't I don't even think – I don't – I mean, I don't see it. But, hey, if they want to take him, more power to him. So, he signed a four-year contract with the Hornets, and he's getting $30 million, and that's until 2024. And Russell Westbrook only has one more year to do. One more year. So, he's gone after next year. They'll pay him the $40 million or whatever that he's owed. For twenty twenty three, for twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three, and then he's off the books. Versus Gordon Hayward, you're giving him thirty million this year coming up, and then you're giving him another thirty one million the year after that. So basically, you're shaving. You're shaving about. I mean, I get it. You're saving money. The thing is, uh, Gordon Hayward is actually kind of important to the Hornets, but I do agree with you. Like, they're obviously, not winning the championship with or without him. Well, they made um, a one. Don't forget. The second half of the season, they made a run to get into the playoffs, essentially, without Gordon Hayward. He was not there at all. But they need Gordon Hayward. Just, he's 6'8". They, uh, they don't. They do not. They, they proved that. Uh, okay. They proved okay. that in the second half of well, 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 what do they do when they made that run after they made that run? They, they got eliminated, but they're a young team. That's the point. Nobody on that team, no, no key piece is over, is over 26 or 25. Even. Miles Bridges, I guess... Yeah, Miles as, as presently constructed, I think they need Gordon Hayward to do anything. I do I'm gonna think say, we're talking about this nasty trade that's never going to happen way too much. That's yeah, this, there's zero percent trade chance that this trade will ever happen. I will say, jumping in to, to end it off, like I get the mathematical thing of it. I just, I just don't know if you want to touch uh Russell Westbrook right now if you're a young and upcoming team. But hey, this is Michael Jordan we're talking about, so you know, any the, the ceiling is the roof, so that's how I'll end that. But I mean, looking at the rest of the Hornets, looking at their offseason going into it, like at this point, I don't see them doing anything differently. Like, I think they're going to go after Aiden, which of course you do. You need a big. Like, the one thing they got punished on the most last year was they had no size inside. Like, you have Miles Plumley playing center. 
So everybody felt like, you know, the basket was 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 a free for all. You had no rebounding. So like hey, y'all know, y'all know the Hornets about to to hire Mike D'Antonio. And that's gonna be even more hilarious. So like I just more reason they won't get Russell Westbrook. Mike D'Antonio wanna play don't want to coach his ass again. That's probably very true. Moving on to the Nets. <laughs> so just skip I mean, the Hornets. I mean, I don't what, what's this happening here? I think they need Gordon Haywood as presently constructed. I don't think it matters either way. Like like you said, they're not going anywhere. I don't see them making this trade. They're, I didn't know they were getting Mike D'Antoni. That kind of double confirms. I don't think they're making this trade. Um, I mean, do you just make the trade and just tell Russell Westbrook to go sit down for a year? And just pay him so you get the money off your books and go after somebody? Like, I don't really see – I mean, if you want to get rid of Gordon Hayward that bad, I get it. But, like, nah, I mean, I, like, now I'm at the point where we're probably talking about this too long as, as, as Rodney mentioned, so. All right, so fair enough. We can move on to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, the two superstars in Brooklyn who left their teams and now their teams are playing in the, in the finals. <laughs> Have we been giving KD way too much sway as, like, the best player? Like, I mean, I haven't said he's the best player on the planet. I still think it's Giannis. But a lot of people have been saying since last year, essentially, that he's the best player on the planet. And people are saying Kyrie is, like, the best offensive player possibly to ever play the game. Yo, I said after KD got eliminated in the playoffs, like, we, like – I, I don't want to hear that KD was ever better than LeBron stuff. Like, I, I can't I can't see it. I think KD in spurts um, and offensively is, like, obviously, like, a man, a, a god amongst men. Like, on the offensive side of the ball, I think he can play defense. But I just think it's consistently night in, night out every, every season. Like, nah, it's not. Now, maybe for a hot second last year, he maybe grabbed the throne, you know. But, like, he got snatched away quick. If he if he if he took it, and that's no no shout outs, no disrespect to him. Like I'd rather have Kevin Durant on my basketball team than not have Kevin Durant on my basketball team eleven times out of ten. So like, but I'm you know the best player in the world right now. Mm, I'm not feeling it. But he's also thirty three off of Achilles injury. So like, let's you know, let's you know. I mean, but, uh, that plays a factor into it. But looking at this Nets team constructed currently, because you know you got to think Blake Griffin's probably not coming back. LaMarcus Aldridge, maybe. Godspeed. Oh, good. Yeah, I'd rather have Blake Griffin. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I mean, then again, I don't know. I think it's Over bad. LaMarcus Aldridge? I, I wouldn't say I want him more than LaMarcus Aldridge. But, again, I think it comes back okay. to bad coaching. Because those first two games, we didn't even see Blake Griffin at all. Yeah, we don't. I don't want Blake Griffin, no disrespect, or LaMarcus Aldridge anywhere close to my roster right now, especially if I'm the Nets. But I damn sure don't want LaMarcus Aldridge. Like the man came out of the man's heart was getting ready to stop or whatever. And he came out of retirement and they didn't even he didn't even play him. Like no, they played him during, during the regular season, they played LaMarcus Aldridge a lot. Like he was bro, actually like, and he did, was playing, he was playing did, extremely well. Did you see him in the playoffs? A couple I saw him more than Blake. Okay. I, I don't remember seeing him in that much, and I could be clouded by the Game four, Blake Griffin coming in, actually sparking some energy. And not that I want to see Blake Griffin either, but I don't think you need either one of them. And I I probably don't don't want either one of them. I, the Nets need a whole re, re, rehaul, bro. Like, I'm I not, don't. Looking at their roster, you know, you got Bruce Brown, Joe Harris, K 
Kyrie, Patty Mills. You have Andre Drummond. You have Andre Drummond, which I guess I'm assuming they're going to bring him back because he actually played well. Talk about the Andre Drummond curse, man. I'm talking about curses. Um, you know, and I mean, you have Steve Nash as your coach, which I, I think personally Steve Nash is a bad coach. Like, that's me. Like, that might – I might be – hard on I might be hard on him or whatever, but I just I don't think he's a good coach. I think he's there literally because Kyrie and KD know with Steve Nash there, they get to do whatever they feel like doing. Yeah, possibly. But also, you know, Jason K was a bad coach too for his first four years. And we still don't actually know if he's a good coach or did he just get a hit a hot streak. So I'm not saying you're wrong, but I mean I feel like at this point you have to at least play it out. I mean, who do you bring in to fix this? somebody, a lot of other people, I think. I mean, I don't... Okay, and then like you said, he's there because of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Who who in that organization is putting their foot down to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? That's fair. So, so there's your answer about who's going to continue to be the coach. I Unfortunately, mean, Sean Marks is not going to do it. But So, I mean, you know, give him give him some time. Like, I'm not saying he's he's he'll get it together. But you know, you know, give him give him a little bit of time, I guess. Give him another year. He's also, to fairness, has coached under two very unforeseen circumstances of seasons. Like, so you have to give that. And the rosters have been even wilder than the seasons for 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 the teams he's been coaching. So, but I can't give him any. I can't give him flack for that because I mean, like, it's it's one thing about one thing about it is. You wanted this, like he he wanted to coach this team. So like my thing about it is, if it's like one, I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you want to coach Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving just on paper, on like talent wise? Yeah, on paper, yeah. But what I'm yeah, also okay. thinking is though, when you sign up for something like that and you have two superstars, one of them is one of the best players in the league currently, like, and then you have another one that's arguably like not that far off. Like, would you say Kyrie's a top fifteen player? Yeah, off the top of my head, yeah. Yeah, okay then. So, like, I mean, one again, one season where some shit happens, I get it. Like, you know, shit happens. Okay, but like, let's 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 be real. He he inherited a team. They traded for James Harden. So then the roster immediately changed. Um, then everybody got hurt. So like, all right, that's his first season. So that's out the window. So it's like, okay, like this is a learning curve, right? Then the next season, like, you come in and everybody claims they know what to do with like. Oh, this is how I would handle a trade rumor. Like nobody in 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 on this planet Earth has handled trade rumors except for the five hundred coaches in NBA history. So like, you don't know what the hell you would do. Like, the management is probably telling him like, don't say nothing. You know, he's probably like, well, should we address it? So we're we're not trading James Harden until we are trading James Harden. So they had to trade James Harden. Then you had Kyrie like out here trying to be uh uh brother umar or you know whatever like brother polite whatever like and kevin and steve nash even said it like this is not we're not taking a social stance here like we need basketball players so we're bringing them back because we need basketball players so like that's the big thing and it's just the roster so like but when it and i'm not to it that playoff game like he that was a terrible coaching job in that playoff no no and that's fair i'm saying he definitely i'm listen he definitely is a bad coach as of right now. But, like, as far as giving him more time, and if you want to fire him, cool. Like, I'm not I'm not standing on a pedestal telling you not to fire him. But what I'm saying is I've never been good at anything the first two times I did it. So you kind of do have to give coaches time. And also, like you said, Kevin and Kyrie want him here. If nobody in that organization is going to stand up to Kevin and Kyrie, 
then you could fire him and bring in. Like, for that's the case, then why'd you get rid of Chucky Atkinson or uh, Kenny Atkinson? Again, I, I think it came down to Kevin and Kyrie that this is what they wanted. Cool. So you have to ride that. This think, is the boat. This is I think, listen. I think this is the boat you made when you let the prisoners run the the the, the uh you let the inmates run the asylum, bro. This is the boat you made. Like you so let I, two moody ass niggas run the team. Yeah, I mean, I think, but I think Steve Nash equally wanted it. So therefore, you gotta you gotta bite the bullet on it a little bit. Like uh, fine, yeah, that's fair. But my but what they, but like I said, all comes back to me. Like, do you stand pat with this team? Like, do you just do you like add some some random people on the vet minimums that are that are looking for a championship and just see like okay well you know I think I think we're good enough to run this back we're gonna add a couple dudes on the vet minimum we're gonna try and get Andre Drummond to come back on like you know on a not gargantuan on on a non gargantuan salary like what exactly what do you do in this situation like do you because I mean they're I don't think their team presently constructed even with Kyrie and KD healthy all year I don't think they're a championship team. Like I don't, I don't think they can beat the Bucks. I don't think they can beat the Bucks again if the Bucks are 100 healthy. I think they can beat the Heat, but I don't think they can beat Boston anymore either. Like losing 4-0 to Boston was kind of crazy. Like if they had lost 4-1 or 4-2, then like I'd be like, okay, well, I mean, you know, like Ron, it, Ronnie, what what do you think? In terms of the Nets, I mean. Steve Nash as a as a coach, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not particularly a fan. Uh, and then, but the Nets in general, I mean, they got to figure out what they're gonna do with Kyrie before they do anything else. I mean, they kind of, you know, made their bed with Kyrie. If you wanted to get rid of him, you you, you should have. They should have kept James. They they picked Kyrie. He's got a player option coming up, but there's there's an extension looming. Like if you're not gonna extend him, uh, do you trade him? But then if you trade him, you're probably gonna have to trade KD as well. I don't think that KD would want to play on the Nets without Kyrie. Uh, so that's that's really order number one is do you just, do you extend Kyrie for how many years? Uh, you hope Ben Simmons can come back and you just kind of build a team around those three. I mean, in a perfect world, you know, in a 2K world, those three, it's, that's a great fit, actually. You know, if you, you know, just get like a wing, you know, maybe Joe Harris comes back and looks good. Uh, then it doesn't really – doesn't matter too much if Steve Nash is, you know, in charge or not, if, if, if everyone's healthy in a perfect world. But I don't know. They got to figure out the Kyrie thing before they really do anything else. Yeah, I have a question of, like, is Ben Simmons playing basketball? I know we, we hit on this earlier in the show, but, like, that matters. And, like, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I don't – I don't I like, I mean, they have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, so they're not, like – devoid of talent in, in that aspect, but like I don't know what the hell they do. Like I don't want to bring back Marcus Aldridge to break Griffin. Um I definitely want to bring in some shooting, some people who don't need the ball in their hands. Also I want to bring in some people that play defense, which Ben Simmons ideally would be a great fit there. Um Nick Claxton is cool. <laughs> We're talking about Nick Claxton. Come on. I mean, this is their roster. What do you mean? This is their roster. Like, I mean, yeah, they're in trouble. They're in, they're in big trouble. Big trouble. I mean, that, yeah, that's fine. I don't like my thing is like, Rod, that team to me, like, I know obviously we're on, on this show talking about them, but like, I'm looking at a team and they're like, and yes, I'm a Lakers fan, but like, where do they, they're kind of in the same boat. Like, where do you get better at? You can't trade Kyrie because. 
you're not going to get you're going to get pennies back on the dollar right now. You're not going to get an equal trade value. Right. That's for it. They say that about every star, but damn sure not getting somebody who's not vaccinated, hasn't played, also has some injury history and is a small guard on the other side of 30. Um, if you trade Kyrie, what does that mean for Kevin? Does now does he want to leave? If you keep Kyrie, you have to extend them. How long do you extend them? You have Ben Simmons, who doesn't like at least Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James. Ideally, on opening night, are all going to be playing. I, who knows? Like, we got monkeypox. Like, is Kyrie going to get vaccinated for that? Like, Ben Simmons has a back injury. Like, the rest of the roster is just not even. Like, it would be great in 2012. It's just, I don't know. Like, they have to figure some things out. But this is this is the bet they made. Ideally, you want Ben Simmons to come back and be shooting in defense. Easier said than done. But that's my overall take on the Nets. Ronnie, you got anything you want to add? No, the Nets, not not particularly. I mean, it's just the Kyrie thing. They just got to, you know, if they're going to commit to Kyrie, uh, figure out how to build a team around them, you know. Okay. So, let me – I guess I guess we can go ahead and go into uh, – Quick hits, bro. Oh. The, the – the, the, you said what, Derek? Oh, I said – I thought you want to go on, like, quick hit teams or – No, it's, it's one other team we have to talk about. We have to talk about. It is the they're the the bell of the ball, if you will say, like you know, of, of this offseason. And that's the Utah Jazz, of course. Oh yeah, the Jazz. What the fuck do you do with them? Because <laughs> like I, I'm not gonna lie, like I I'm thinking it's a full rebuild either way. Like I don't think there's any way you look at this team and you're like, you know what? We're gonna run it back with such and such. And we're gonna be all right. Like I just I don't see that personally. Like I I think if you – I think the best-case scenario for them is they, they just blow it up. Because, I mean, I don't – I think if Donovan Mitchell is your best player, you're in trouble. I think if Rudy Gobert is your best player, you're in trouble. And I just – I don't see – I don't see them making any trade outside of, like, somehow, some way, like, in some world. Oh, and Brand is like, you know what? We're going to stand pat – we're, we're going to – we're going to trade Joel and we're going to take Rudy Gobert's contract back and you all are going to give us something insane along with Rudy Gobert. That's the only way I see the Jazz like somehow somehow even being like a contending team. But outside of that, if you trade away Gobert, your team's going to – if you trade away Gobert, you're not going to have a winning team. If you trade away Donovan Mitchell, you're not going to have a winning team. They don't – They your, your best case scenario right now for them is a first or second round exit. That's your best case scenario. So I don't, I mean, I, I don't, do either of y'all disagree? Like, do y'all think they should just blow it up all together too? Like, I mean, I don't know if I'd say blow it up all together, but you just can't, you can't have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Colbert on the same team. So I don't know. I don't think that qualifies as a total blow up, uh, but they, those two can't be on the same team next year. So, but trading away one of them. Yeah, I would just trade away one of them for sure. But what are you going to do after you trade him? Like, I mean, I'm going to run back the team. I'm going to just keep trying to make the playoffs. Like, I don't like, I don't like, I, just, I, I don't like the concept of, I just don't like the concept of either you're going to win a title or tank for a top pick. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a playoff team. Like, it's, it's good for business, it's good for money. Everyone's happy. Obviously, you want to keep getting better, but nobody wants to just suck 
So I, to me, I'm training Rudy Gobert because Donovan Mitchell is younger. I'm just and I just see what I can get. I think the Hornets would be very interested in Rudy Gobert. I think Dallas may be interested. If I don't know if they have the pieces, but they'd be interested. There's a couple teams you could throw out there that that may sniff around at Rudy Gobert. Uh, I think I know the Raptors were a team that was interested in Rudy Gobert at some point. Uh, but trade so. away Rudy Gobert. Do you see them as even like do you, do you see them as just a friend? Like I see them if they trade away Rudy Gobert to any of those teams you just named, they're going to, they're just going to be a fringe playoff team. I mean, that's fine. You think they'll be fine with just being a seventh or eighth seed every year? I mean, it doesn't have to be every year. It's just a year-by-year basis. We'll see what they do the next year. Like, you know, you got to improve the team. We'll see who gets better. But I just, from a team chemistry standpoint, I don't. I just don't think Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell can be on the same team. Uh, I don't think that means once you trade one, you have to trade the other. Because uh, I think that they ultimately – you're not going to get too many Donovan Mitchells coming to Utah. They're certainly not going to get him in free agency. They drafted him with, like, the 14th pick. Uh, you know, you can't really bank on that happening too often in terms of getting a player of that caliber at that that part of the draft. So you keep Donovan Mitchell as long as you can. You know, you got Dwayne Wade in the ownership. You know, you try to, you know, do the whole thing, synergy thing, keep it going. And you just try to rebuild around Donovan Mitchell. He's still young. Uh, you know, you hope that he just gets better. You know, and and just build around him, but you can't have Rudy Gobert on the team with him. Understandable. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in uh, pretty much in agreement here. I think anytime your second best player is taking shots at your first best player openly and giving him COVID and telling him like people don't play defense and maybe subliminal shots, maybe not. I mean, and there's some Ins- truth to that. Though. There is. Insin- some- that's fine, but insinuate, but they already don't like each other, and like. I don't know. Maybe you could say maybe Donovan's being sensitive, but like it's whatever. Like they obviously don't have a relationship where they can call people out, and also the fact that they're calling people out in the media. If that's true, like Rudy Gobert allegedly was like, "Oh, some people are peaking athletically." You know, people wonder who he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I don't want to read too much into that, but uh, I think we've seen. I think even before the synergy, I think those two don't have synergy, and it's something to be said of just playing with people that you like. Like, you guys spent 82 games with these these people. Like, I do understand that, number one. And then even from that standpoint, we've already seen how far this duo can go. Yeah. So, First or I mean, or exit like that. yeah. So, like, unless you're telling me that they can rehaul all the role players and then try this duo back again, it's just easier to trade uh, Rudy Gobert, who I assume will be the one you would want to trade. And, you know, like Rodney said, like, this is Utah. Excuse me, they're not Boston, they're not LA, they're not even Philadelphia, Miami, Chicago, the Spurs. Like, how many championships they got? You know what I'm saying? Like, that that franchise will take a, a seventh or AC competitive scrappy team in the playoffs for the next three years with Donald Mitchell leading them. They'll fun basketball, sometimes they're the best teams to watch, no expectations. They may even get hot. Maybe they play Luka Ball, right? And Donovan Mitchell has a career year and, you know, gets them to like a six seed and they get smacked in the first round. I don't know. But you do that for a couple of years. You try to rebuild around them. Ideally, you would get some pieces back for Gobert. So they wouldn't be like, I see what you mean. They would be friends, but they would be like, they'd probably be on the better like end of friends. Like you would have them maybe sneaking in, you know, depending on what style they play. You have Dwayne Wade there. Um, so, you know, he could keep the Donovan Mitchell relationship going strong. I think the biggest thing, too, is you have to be mindful of who you are. You were Utah. 
You're not getting high name free agents. And are you really going to tank that bad to get the number one pick? And there's no guarantee that like you're going to get the number one pick with the re with the um reconfigured draft odds. And you have to assume that a number one pick that's coming that's worth it to change your franchise is going to be in the year that you draft number one. So I just trade Rudy Gobert, get some pieces, build around Donovan Mitchell, see where you can go from there. That's what I would do. Uh, if they really want to blow it up, that's cool. That's on them. I probably won't go that far unless they have some secret medical um, insight that Donovan is peaking or whatever. But I would I would be getting Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell far away from each other if I, if I was in Jazz ownership right now. They don't like each other, and even more than you not liking each other, we've seen how you two peak together. So I'm good with it. All right. All right. Well, fellas, we're about to go ahead and wrap it up. So I'm gonna go ahead and give some quick ask for some quick hits. This is just a re this is just a rebuild, or this is just a do you think they should rebuild or do you think they're do you think they're peaking? Do you think they stand pat? Or do you think they're a championship caliber team? Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Next. Rodney. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing there's nothing. I mean, I do like that they you know got a got a high pick, a higher pick than they expected, I suppose. But yeah, no, they're not. They're, I mean, I like nothing some, worth discussing. Yeah, I like Sabonis, but like, I don't know, bro. Like the Kings ownership, like I I don't like next. Like <laughs> that is next. Sorry. All right, Indiana Pacers. Yeah, very nasty, very nasty individuals right there. It's not 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 a good team. <laughs> Yeah, I think what were the what were the offers again? They're definitely not peaking. So I don't even know. Sorry, go ahead with the offers again. Rebuild, peaking, contending. Oh, they're definitely in rebuild mode. They're not peaking. They're not contending. All right. Dallas. They're to me in this weird space of. I think that roster, as presently constructed, has peaked. I think this is their Atlanta Hawk year. Uh, but I think they're in this weird space of they peaked, but they're still kind of contending. Obviously, you have a top five player probably in the NBA, and you have to get somebody in there to help them. All right. Rodney? Yeah, I mean, I think the roster probably peaked out in terms of where it's at right now. I don't, I don't think they'd make it past the Western Conference Finals without a major addition. Uh I don't know what that looks like if they can get Zach Levine on a, you know, as a free agent or sign and trade or Bradley Beal or if they need another wing guard uh, who can create a shot, you know, other than Luca and force Luca to, to do something off ball or exert more energy on defense and less on offense all the time. Um, I do like Bradley Bill. That's that's a good uh, spot for him. I think with James Harden, it's a lot of like duplicate and like, Bradley Bill will be this weird third person. But I think with Luca, it's be enough. enough yeah, I mean, I think I think that I would I would rather, you know, in a perfect world, I would rather have Bradley Bill pay Bradley Bill fifty million than pay Jalen Brunson like twenty five, uh, or whatever he's gonna ask twenty twenty five. Uh, if, if, if you could ever do it, so but I think the, the roster right now is, is probably peaked. Miami, 
uh, definitely peaked. Yeah, Miami's peaked. I don't I'm a big Jimmy Butler guy, but I don't like how many more years of this you're gonna get. Um, besides Bam and Jimmy, like Kyle Lowry got to go. Uh, Gabe Vincent and uh, Strauss, whatever, all those guys, like nice find this year. I don't see that happening again. Um, like them taking the league by storm or, you know, having this big of an impact. Maybe they do. Maybe they continue to get better. But, like, them going to the conference finals again, um, no, nah, this roster has peaked. I don't maybe – they, maybe they're not trash next year, but I don't I don't see it again. Denver. Oh, contending. Um, they get um, Jamal Murray back. I guess they get Michael Porter Jr. back. Jokic – comes back. I mean, I I think they could send. I think they if they can get a couple sneaky free agent signings, I think they're right back in there. Roddy? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the team. Denver. Denver. Oh, Denver. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they just got to get healthy. Uh, so, I'm just, I mean, I wouldn't say rebuilding. Or I, I feel like they, I don't know what they would apply to. I guess they're Contending. I, I mean, I don't know if they're contending with with their current roster either. Uh, I don't. I don't like Michael Porter Jr. We just talked about back injuries. That's the you know that's it. It's, it's looking like a bottom five contract in the league right now. That's true. Uh, you know, we got to see Jamal, Jamal Murray. We expect everyone kept saying he's going to come back. He still hasn't. So we got to see how he looks. Um, I mean, I guess you're always contending with Jokic to some degree, but I think they're a little further than people. Assume I say contending because if you get Jamal Murray back, the last time we saw him healthy, they made a good run. Um, Jokic is still getting, you know, he's he's not. I don't I don't foresee him falling all like I think he's in his prime, obviously. Um, and they didn't even have Michael Porter Jr. wasn't even the guy back then. Um, granted, it was a bubble, whatever. So I think they're you know they're closer to they're they're contending than like obviously rebuilding. Maybe twenty. 20 was the peak, though. Maybe Murray doesn't get back healthy and maybe Porter doesn't, you know, back injuries. But I would have them continuing as of right now. All right. Well, I do want to thank everybody for tuning in to Bad Wins and Good Losses. Clippers? Next time.